We've been trained to look for happiness in all the wrong places. And just like junk food doesn't meet your nutritional needs and actually makes you feel terrible, junk values don't meet your psychological needs and they take you away from a good life. Hello and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to change your relationship with depression. I'm your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday to you. Today we have journalist, speaker, and New York Times bestselling author, Johan Hari, back on the show for our second part of our two-part series. And today, he delves deep into one of the nine causes of depression. Enjoy. So everyone knows... Junk food has taken over our diets and made us physically sick. I don't say that with any sense of superiority. I literally came to give this talk from McDonald's. But <laughs> I saw all of you eating that healthy Ted breakfast. I was like, no way. Um, but, but, but just like junk food has taken over our diets and made us physically sick, a kind of junk values have taken over our minds and made us mentally sick. For thousands of years, philosophers have said, if you think life is about money, and status, and showing off, you're going to feel like crap, right? That's not an exact quote from Schopenhauer, but that is the gist of what he said, right? But weirdly, hardly anyone had scientifically investigated this until a truly extraordinary person I got to know named Professor Tim Kasser, who's at Knox College in Illinois. And he's been researching this for about 30 years now. And his research suggests several really important things. Firstly, the more you believe you can buy and display your way out of sadness, and into a good life, the more likely you are to become depressed and anxious. And secondly, as a society, we have become much more driven by these beliefs. All throughout my lifetime, under the weight of advertising and Instagram and everything like them. And as I thought about this, I realized it's like we've all been fed since birth a kind of KFC for the soul. <laughs> We've been trained to look for happiness in all the wrong places. And just like junk food doesn't meet your nutritional needs and actually makes you feel terrible, junk values don't meet your psychological needs and they take you away from a good life. But when I first spent time with Professor Castro and I was learning all this, I felt a really uh, weird mixture of emotions. Because on the one hand, I found this really challenging. I could see how often in my own life when I felt down, I tried to remedy it with some kind of show-offy, grand, external solution. And I could see why that did not work well for me. But I also thought, isn't this kind of obvious? Isn't this almost like banal, right? If I said to everyone here, none of you are going to lie on your deathbed and think about all the shoes you bought and all the retweets you got, right? You're going to think about moments of love and meaning and connection in your life. I think that seems almost like a cliche, but I kept talking to Professor Kasser and saying, you know, why, why, why am I feeling this strange doubleness? And he said, well, at some level, we all know these things, but in this culture, we don't live by them. We know them so well, they become cliches, but we don't live by them. And I kept asking, well, why? Why would that be? Why would we know something so profound but not live by it? And after a while, Professor Kasser said to me, because we live in a machine that is designed to get us to neglect what is important about life. I had to really think about that, because we live in a machine 
that is designed to get us to neglect what is important about life. And Professor Casser wanted to figure out if we can disrupt that machine. He's done loads of research into this. I'll tell you about one example, and I really urge everyone here to try this with their friends and their family. So, with a guy called Nathan Dungan, he got a group of teenagers and adults to come together for a series of sessions over a, series, over a period of time to meet up. And part of the point of the group was to get people to think about a moment in their life they have actually found meaning and purpose. For different people, it was different things. Some people, it was playing music, writing, helping someone. I'm sure everyone here can picture something, right? And part of the point of the group was to get people to ask, okay, How could you dedicate more of your life to pursuing these moments of meaning and purpose and less to, I don't know, buying crap you don't need, putting it on social media and trying to get people to go, OMG, so jealous, right? And what they found was just having these meetings, it was like a kind of Alcoholics Anonymous for consumerism, right? Just getting people to have these meetings, articulate these values, determined to act on them and check in with each other. Led to a marked shift in people's values. It took them away from this hurricane of depression generating messages, training us to seek happiness in the wrong places, and towards more meaningful and nourishing values that lift us out of depression. But with all the solutions that I saw and have written about, and many I can't talk about here, I kept thinking, you know. Why did it take me so long to see these insights, right? Because when you explain them to people, I mean, some of them are more complicated, but not all.、Um, when you explain them to people, it's not like rocket science, right? At some level, we already know these things. Why, why do we find it so hard to understand? I think there's many reasons. But I think one reason is that we have to change our understanding of what depression and anxiety actually are. There are very real biological contributions to depression and anxiety. But if we allow the biology to become the whole picture, as I did for so long, as I would argue our culture has done pretty much for most of my life, what we're implicitly saying to people is, and this isn't anyone's intention, but what we're implicitly saying to people is, your pain doesn't mean anything. It's just a malfunction. It's like a, a glitch in a computer program, it's just a, a wiring problem in your head. But I was only able to start changing my life when I realized your depression is not a malfunction. It's a signal. Your depression is a signal, it's telling you something. We feel this way for reasons, and they can be hard to see in the throes of depression. I understand that really well from personal experience. But with the right help, We can understand these problems and we can fix these problems together. But to do that, the very first step is we have to stop insulting these signals by saying they're a sign of weakness or madness or purely biological, except for a tiny number of people. We need to start listening to these signals because they're telling us something we really need to hear. It's only when we truly listen to these signals and we Honor these signals and respect these signals, that we're going to begin to see the liberating, nourishing, deeper solutions, the cows that are waiting all around us. That was Johan Hari wrapping up our two part series. If you haven't gotten a chance to go check out the first episode, go back and check that thing out. If you want to find out more about Johan, go visit his website, johanhari.com. 
His book is titled Lost Connections, Why You're Depressed and How to Find Hope. As I said, it was a total game changer for me. And if you or someone you know that struggles with depression, I highly, highly recommend you picking it up. If you want to check out today's entire clip, there'll be a link in the description below. And when you get a chance, please subscribe, rate and review the show on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast player app. And follow me on Instagram at Depression Detox Show. All right. It's a wrap for me. See you this Friday where we have another great featured speaker who can make disease disappear. Until then, stay strong. Stay strong.